Can you believe it's been already two years since we started our consulting girlies era? This week, we are reflecting on everything good that's happened in the past two years, and we'll also touch on some moments that, let's call them learning experiences in the corporate world. All right, Heidi, I know that when we joined our consulting role that we're in right now two years ago, we came as like pretty much fresh grads. I think we're like a year and a half out of college. So we're very new to consulting or brand new to consulting and pretty new to the corporate world. Do you remember what insecurities you had when you first started off as a consultant? Yes, so many insecurities, but I think the biggest one was just feeling like I never knew enough what I think I should know. Like I was always inspired by people who seemed like they actually understood their roles, like how the company worked, um, how to problem solve and lead others. And so maybe because our first job out of college didn't give us that feeling of actually settling into our roles because we were replanted every four months. I never thought I could get to the feeling of like, hmm, I actually kind of know how to find answers now or how to do my work decently well. All of the above is so relatable to me. I was insecure about my communication skills, especially when it came to talking to the client, communicating updates, communicating like roadblocks or obstacles, because in my mind, these these were things that were quote unquote bad news and like you should never give the client bad news, but it's important to communicate the things that are not going well so that they are aware and they can maybe help you get through it. But yeah, really nervous talking to clients, really, really nervous interviewing senior leaders at our client organizations. Like I would be so hyper aware of whether I sounded nervous or if I was saying filler words, I was just very self-conscious of how I came off and I didn't want to come off as like junior or, or inexperienced, you know? Girl, I know. I know it all too well. And I, and I, it's not like we're, I mean, Hannah, you could be a pro, but it's not like we're professionals right now, but I feel as if the progression from day one to now is ginormous. And I don't know if we would have had the same growth if we stayed at our old job, because when I look at like new hires now coming out of college, like they're, they're actually able to learn so much more than than what I learned (laughs) at our previous job. So I'm, I'm kind of envious of them because that makes me wonder how much further along our professional journeys we could be, but it just seemed like the first year and a half was a little bit stalled or we weren't in the right environment to really challenge ourselves. For sure. And this is one thing that I will give credit to our current company for allowing us the opportunities to, you know, potentially embarrass ourselves, but also (laughs) potentially grow and really shine in these very like visible client facing roles that you're right. We didn't get that at our last job, which was a lot more bureaucratic and like, because we were so facing, yeah, it was very internal facing. And we basically never spoke to clients ever. Yeah. Customers. Like who are they? Huh? Yeah. (laughs) The government defense (laughs) contractors. Seriously. Yeah. A whole different ball game. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I think another insecurity is just this mental battle of or feeling of needing to prove your worth in whichever way or form to others. Like even to this day, we always need to put our best foot forward, but 
I felt like not it wasn't until we had some projects or presentations under our belt where maybe other people also saw our performance um then we started to gain our credibility and character but man always trying to go beyond or being super cautious about every slack message you would send or write an email out it's just very tiring but I but I guess it's it's paying off for us you know Oh my gosh. I still struggle with that, especially if I'm sending an email out to a lot of people and they're like important people and Mm -hmm. it's external. Mm -hmm. I will like reread and proofread and just like overthink it. Mm -hmm. Um, And going off of that, what you just said about like feeling that you needed to prove your worth, something else that I felt insecure of when I first started was that I wasn't charismatic enough and I wasn't outgoing or likable enough, whether that was to my colleagues or clients that I worked with. Mm-hmm. I think there's a persona or the stereotype that consultants have a persona of being extremely bubbly or extroverted or charismatic. Mm-hmm. And when I didn't feel naturally charismatic, so I would look at the people who were, and I would look at the people who could like make friends with clients and make friends with the people that we worked with. And I'd just be like, oh my God, like I'm never gonna make it very far because I can't I can't tell jokes like this person does and I'm still a little insecure about that but I realized having charisma isn't everything not Mm -hmm. saying that people who are charismatic are covering up for something but sometimes the charisma can help you overcome like knowledge gaps or like things that you hide the fact that you don't know certain things so because I wasn't charismatic I just kind of tried to make up for it by trying to know everything Mm, yeah. which I don't know if that's the best way to approach it either <laughs> you know honestly when you're talking about this persona of being charismatic it made me reflect on the different types of client personalities we interact with and I I actually really enjoy working more with clients that are just authentically themselves like the people who are super professional dry just get things done it's boring. So I feel like I feel more empowered to bring in my own quirks or even just laughing during a conversation, I think brings that human element of maybe it doesn't have to be exactly charismatic, but we are being sort of our true selves or our true best selves at work. 100% agree with that. I was talking to um, an analyst last week and this, mm-hmm. an- this is kind of a tangent, but I think it's a little bit relevant. Let's this go analyst, for it. <laughs> she was talking about how she had to like stand up and present something to a room of managers and directors. And she was saying that like her instinct was to over-prepare and go up there on stage and talk to these people in a very formal tone. But what we talked about together was that it would actually be better if she went up there and talked to them as if they were like her equals, even though there's many levels separating her and these folks. Like if you can go up to a room full of people who are more senior than you and have a conversation with them, like they're your normal peer and like just joke about everyday things. I feel like that gets you so much more respect than if you were to be super buttoned up and like almost trying to impress people. Cause they don't, they they don't know. They don't care. Like they don't care that you're trying to impress them. They just want to see that you're like, normal and can hold a regular ass conversation so agreed so many insecurities that we had that hopefully are turning into potential strengths or work in progresses 
We shall see. We shall see. The other challenging thing that we both have experienced, and I think, I mean, a lot of people do, is getting through the hump weeks when you had to juggle multiple projects or even just facilitating in person when you have to give in real life presentations. I feel like those always cause a lot more preparation and type A tendencies coming out of me, like making sure I know all the materials and stuff and then juggling with multiple projects. It's like you always wish you had another 10 hours in the day just to do the things you like after work while also completing the tasks. Um, So finding that right balance. And then sometimes I think just getting to that perspective of like, hey, today I might not be able to watch any TV, but you know what? I'll make up for it in a couple weeks. It's definitely not ideal, but the more you can be okay with that type of perspective, I feel like then those harder days aren't as hard because you know it's temporary. This is also something unique to our consulting firm. A lot of the big four, they do not staff you on multiple projects at once. Like You kind of have a shorter timeline, but you're only staffed on one project. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they staff us on like three to four, and in some cases I've heard of people being staffed on seven projects, which, oh my that God. Is, yeah. It, I mean, it is overkill at times, but I do think that it's kind of training you in a way to be able to manage multiple things at once. Um, and we talk about, I mean, we talk about this with clients, but every time you switch from like one project to another or one task to another, there's a switching cost. I think for, for a lot of people that switching costs is typically really high, but I think with like you and maybe me, because we have to do it so often, we're like reducing the switching costs. And I'm, I think that's something (laughs) we should be proud of. And that's definitely a challenge that we've overcome that a lot of people deal with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like to think this also bleeds into personal life when you have a lot of things you're trying to do and your own life. And it's like, Hmm. It really makes you prioritize the things that ha- must happen today and then also practice delegating to other people. I think we feel as if everything needs to be done by us, but hey, leverage the people around you if you can and it's okay to give up some of your work to others. Still struggling with that, but I've gotten direct feedback that I need to work on that. So <laughs> <laughs> let's work on it together. <laughs> What what other challenges would you say you've experienced? Mm, the last one that I'll talk about that I have not overcome, but I'm trying to, is just people pleasing. Um, yeah, whether that's like not telling somebody feedback because I don't want them to be offended or hurt or over promising to a client. I think there is power in not people pleasing and especially when you're client facing it's easy to be like okay we just have to do everything the client says but they're paying you also for your perspective and your line of thinking so if you have something that directly contradicts something that the client says that they want and you explain to them why they might value that and and like honestly respect you a little bit more for telling them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah even as simple of things such as I'll use a recent example of, I was going through this training program and you know how participants are in our tools, they have a certain amount of time and there was a team that would always be 
overextending their time. And so we still wanted to stay on schedule. So for the other teams that already finished their decisions and teaming, we let them on break. And then when this team finally finished, they came back and they were like, oh, actually, can we extend the break? Because we're supposed to get 15 minutes too. And it's like, hold mm-hmm. up, no. It's because not how it works. That's not how it works, honey. Okay, we don't just adjust the schedule just for you. We already gave you extra time in which we could have just said, and you need to submit your decision. So it's like little things like that where, no, like we're not doing anything wrong on our end. We've already given you instructions beforehand. It's like you weren't abiding to them in the first place. So, so with that, I'm sure we've also gotten different types of feedback. You know, in our last episode, we talked about feedback. Now let's hone in on what is the most uncomfortable feedback you've gotten from either a colleague, manager, or client? I got feedback. So just some context, when, when we get, when we go up for promotion, you have to get feedback from people that you've worked with in the past six months to a year. So Mm -hmm. I was trying to get promoted last spring and I got feedback. I asked for feedback and I got it. And one of the feedback that I got from the project leader was that I needed to work on my executive presence and that I sounded a little bit nervous when like talking to some people in our steering group and steering committee. And I would say it was uncomfortable for me because that was already an insecurity of mine that we talked about a little bit earlier. And Mm -hmm. just seeing it called out, I was just like hella embarrassed. I wasn't mad at the person who gave it to me, but I was just like embarrassed that I felt it inside. And it also like was was being picked up by other, yeah, exactly. People were perceiving it as well. It's just kind of validated that like, ah, shit, (laughs) I got to work on this, you know? Um, Just embarrassing, but uh, hopefully we've made strides to improve my executive presence. (laughs) (laughs) No, I will say firsthand, your executive, whatever the heck that means, presence is spectacular. Wait, I'm going to ask you who said that afterwards, but they are bold. The thing is, I don't know who said it because it was anonymous, but I oh. have I have a theory or a hunch. I feel uh, like I have a hunch. Is it? Oh my God. Girl, how did you know? <laughs> how did you know? Yes, it was this person. And to be fair, when I worked with this person on a project, I was on, I think I had been at the company for like six months. So <laughs> she was I- like- yeah, she was drawing on on maybe an impression that wasn't my best impression that I'm putting forward now, you know? <laughs> no, no. And she's seen you grow. Like, I feel like she yeah, would give you. Yeah, I hope so. No, for sure. She gives the honest and the hard feedback. She does. And I appreciate that because I think she wants the best for all of us. And she's she's really proud of us. We're the ones that she's like mentored when she actually yeah. sees progress. So <laughs> no hard feelings. She knows, she knows about this podcast, but like, yeah, I, it was uncomfortable to hear, but I think it needed to be said. And I'm glad she said it. Feedback on my introverted personality and how I should be putting more effort into like getting to know clients, building relationships with our participants that come to our workshop, because I just want to get sucked into a hole and, or like go back to my hotel room and decompress. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's something I think I will always have to work on just like because innately I don't I don't get energy from being around people. Well, yeah, from being around people, I don't necessarily want to be around. 
So if it's like forced interactions, that really makes me bundle up. Like even any networking event, networking dinner, I'm just thinking, oh my God, kill me. But trying to get better at it. <laughs> a relatable. And maybe it's just baby steps. Cause I, you know, haven't been in as many in-person situations as you, thank God. But it's actually one of my goals that we'll talk about later. But I totally hear what you're saying in the sense of it's so draining. And like after a full eight hours, all you want to do is go back to your room, order some Uber Eats, Uber and like Eats. watch TV. Yeah, but now you have to network and like talk to people. And it's not just like an hour of networking. It will extend into like <laughs> midnight. And I don't I don't know how people do it. Um, but I wonder some if people are like, naturals. Some people, well, those are the extroverts and, you know, those are the people, the charismatic people that I've noticed in consulting. But I wonder if there's like an in-between for us introverts where we're like, okay, we're going to commit to two hours and then we're done. I can't do yeah. this anymore. Or maybe no. just have a kid and be like, I need to call my kid. Seriously. And I think it's, I mean, even in, you know, like our own social internal company events, like I also struggle with trying to talk or get to know like other people within our office because it's just like I'm so comfortable with the people that I like right now and want to continue building relationships like trying to explore other connections is just because it's like friendships you never know if the effort will butt into a good one (laughs) but it's it's you never know until you try. So something I need to work on. Yeah. I mean, my perspective on networking internally is like, we all like each other. We all mostly like each other (laughs) because we all work for the same organization. We both, we all go through similar experiences, but if I've like known a person for two years and our relationship has never progressed more than just like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, how, how's it going? What are you working on? Like kind of basic ass water cooler talk. I'm okay to not explore that because I've mm-hmm. we've had two years to go deeper and we haven't. And yeah, I don't know, maybe it's a sign. Yeah. And it is a two-way street. Like both of us have just never made an effort to acknowledge each other. So it's just like, mm-hmm. well. Okay. So we've talked about things that we're insecure about. We've talked about challenges that we've overcome and that is a wonderful segue into the next question, which is, what are you most proud of? I was going to say still being here because I feel like that is an, an accomplishment in itself for both of us, considering mm-hmm. how how others, you know, just kind of drift away from the company, either, either because of decisions <laughs> themselves or by the company itself. So I feel like even just like showing up every day, as um cliche as that is because like honestly some days you just wake up and you're like I could either decide to not log on and miss meetings or I'm gonna peel myself out of bed and show up right I think it's those little moments I'm proud of because not everyone has the is fortunate to have like that mental capacity or that inner motivation to keep showing up for yourself and for your work Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm proud of that. And then just seeing where we've begun, like we were analysts a year ago. Yeah. A year ago. Now it's, now we have mentees. We're trying to learn roles. Yeah. Learning new industries. I, I'm very appreciative of the experiences I've had thus far, both good and bad. 
going back to your first point about like showing up and representing yourself well, even on the days that where you really don't want to, that made me think of certain students and peers that I knew in college where like if they woke up one morning Mm -hmm. and they were like I'm so tired I don't want to go to class I'm just going to skip it and they Mm -hmm. would just skip class I genuinely wonder how people who would regularly skip class show up to work because I never skip class like I would always make myself go but there are days at work where I'm like I could just not show up (laughs) Balancing like personal life, personal time and hobbies, it's hard stuff. And we don't even have kids. So I don't know how people are doing it. God bless the parents, the moms and dads. Seriously. What about you, Hannah, though, besides showing up every day? (laughs) Well, I think the fact that I've survived and made it through 100% of those disasters that I talked about earlier, I think that's an accomplishment in and of itself. Because every time you deal with something like that, that pushes you to your limit, I feel like my limit just gets a little bit higher. Yeah, <laughs> we that's a good thing. Before. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I do think there's such a thing as like having too high of a threshold where you just like take everything and, and maybe that's not the healthiest. But I do feel that I'm at a good point right now in terms of just taking things on and managing it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just showing up well at work not everyone does that to be honest yeah and every challenge not only does your threshold for disaster and bs go up i also think it makes me a better consultant and more resilient Mm -hmm. and just more capable of dealing that's the Mm -hmm. goal at the end of the day just learning to deal learning to deal exactly and I would say for the both of us, really finding our, (laughs) this sounds cliche too, but finding your voice, like now, not that we'd say, I'd say anything offensive, but if something does bother me, or if I know a project leader or a peer can show up better, I'm not as afraid to speak up on that. Or like, even in a team setting, like usually Sometimes when we get together for teamwork, I have a project leader that does a really good job of making space for feedback, but oftentimes you might think, well, are people actually going to say anything? And mm-hmm. now it's like, no, I'm I'm going to say what can be better because internally you believe like, yeah, we, we can do things differently in a more efficient way. So why not try to voice that and see how it's perceived? And oftentimes people appreciate your different perspective or your opposing perspective. I think this also goes back to what was talked about a little bit earlier about not just like giving in to the client's every want and desire. It's similar to this situation that you're talking about because like people might look at me and think like, oh, she's a pushover. But when you speak up and you actually voice your opinions, they respect you more because you're not afraid to say it like it is and it obviously Mm -hmm. doesn't need to be like rude or hurtful I will say Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm scared of giving feedback because the feedback is coming from a place of like high intense emotions and it could come off (laughs) like a little bit rude or a little bit too blunt so Mm -hmm. I do think it's important to voice your opinion in a neutral way that's still very firm and professional Mm -hmm. it's it's the execution what do they say it's not what you say but how you say it or the Uh tone 
hundred percent. Yeah. Feedback. Yep. Just feedback is hard. <laughs> it it is. There is one leader that I've worked with that I think is really good at giving feedback in a considerate way. We had to give feedback to somebody and he gave it in a much nicer way than I ever would have. I like didn't even think to word it that way. And he worded it in such a kind way. And I was like, I need to learn from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love you. Love you, Joel. Okay. So we've talked about things we're proud of. Mm -hmm. We reflected on the past quite a bit, Mm -hmm. but now looking forward to the future, Mm -hmm. two years from now, or maybe three, four, I don't know, short term, Mm -hmm. what are some goals that you have looking forward? I think besides the obvious of us of trying to get promoted again is just continuing to lean into quote unquote leader roles, mentor roles, um, or getting on more responsibilities I think those I don't know if I when I look back to where we started I was I always thought oh my gosh I could never be a project leader like whatever project manager type role no way and then now we're finding ourselves like well maybe maybe we're forced to (laughs) we don't really have much of a choice it's like you naturally I feel like it's a natural instinct or whatchamacallit I don't want to say like it's a animal behavior but you it kicks in and then you find ways to figure out what you need to do if if you don't know how to do things who do you reach out to Mm -hmm. and you you naturally just become more proactive and maybe it becomes like micromanaging which I think is something that I am aware of because I don't want to just tell people what to do but also empower them to to make decisions for themselves and like to do the the work right mm-hmm. so that's one aspect and then another tactile tac- tangible one is just as much as I dislike in-person programs because how tiring it is how stressful it can be I think it is really it's a special opportunity to be able to do that because one I think it is pretty unique to our type of consulting like you, you don't always have the chance to speak to executives or senior leaders and talk to them about whatever strategy um so i think the more reps we can get that under our belt makes us pretty damn good pretty damn competitive in this job market might i say just kidding so true no you're (laughs) totally right i if if this job has taught me anything it is that public speaking and presentation and communication skills are so underrated Mm -hmm. And now that we've gone through so many reps of presenting and facilitating and getting feedback, it's like you can never go back and look at an example of poor presentation and (laughs) not just like get so annoyed and bothered by it because you know what to look out for now and you you just notice things that you didn't notice before. Yeah. Even internally when we we have like all employee meetings, when when someone who's not normally presenting to clients or participants you just know like oh <laughs> this is definitely not their area not their wheelhouse and it's it's okay but it's just it's just, like you said it shows it, it magnifies all the amazing ways you can improve your communication skills what about you girl two years from now what's hannah like <laughs> well my goals for the next two years are 
similar to you doing the things that I currently really dislike doing or I'm not like drawn to doing, you know, because yeah. yeah. Oh my God. There's, there must be a reason I, we don't like these things. Either we're not like naturally good at it or it's something that is hard for us to do. And that tells me that I need to do more of it so I can mm-hmm. get over it. So for me, some of the things that I'm currently shying away from include building like long-term, consistent, continuous relationships with clients, as opposed to being like, Ooh, I finished this project. I got it out of the way. Bye-bye client. I'm not going to talk to you for nine months. Like mm-hmm. it's hard. It is hard. Cause you have to be so proactive about it. And it really, it falls on you, not the client mm-hmm. to reach out and, you know, have conversations and keep up to date on what's going on in their business. Yeah. That's one. Um, mm-hmm. The other big goal that I want to work mm-hmm. on is just taking a more high level view of client organizations and not just being viewed as a vendor that does work for them. My awesome. last goal is to get better at delegating work because girl, I'm tired. <laughs> I I can't do everything. And I try to convince myself that like, oh, I have to do everything because if I ask somebody for help, it's like, you're not able to handle your workload, but it's true. And it's okay if you can't handle the workload because there is such a thing as an unrealistic workload. And sometimes people force themselves to take on that unrealistic burden because they don't want to ask for help or delegate. Mm-hmm. And I would like to delegate more. Hey, cheers to not taking everything on and lifting some of that weight off of your shoulders because- there's other people on the team and they're getting paid too. So do your work, please. Yeah. yeah. And oh. delegating effectively means that you have to be good at teaching people and communicating. And sometimes I look at what needs to be done in order for me to delegate. And I'm like, nah, I just, I should just do the work myself. Do myself. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard. It is an art of asking people to do work, but in a way that's not just being like, hey, can you add this? Blah, blah, blah. But rather to telling them like why and how we're doing it. And I'm guilty of this because when you're in a time crunch and you want to just get things done or you need things done like tomorrow, it's so much easier to be like, hey, can you do this? Let's this, this. But then when they end up doing it, I don't know if they're actually learning why we do things a certain Mm -hmm. way. And so that's also a detriment to them. And then as much, (laughs) it's just a lot of work mentoring others. In all capacities. But I do think it's like, it needs to happen if we want to continue to move up. Because if we are spending all the time doing the leadership stuff and all the work, there's no room to grow ourselves and progress. Because at a certain point, it becomes busy work that doesn't add as much value to you and your like career as it would to somebody who is newer to the organization. Yeah. And that made me think it's not that it's paying it for, but we were also once in a position more junior and maybe fortunately or unfortunately, maybe we did or did not have a more senior person like showing us the rope. So it's like, obviously we didn't get to where we are now unless someone did or did not show us how to do something. Exactly. Yeah. We hope that this peek into our career progressions was relatable and an entertaining listen. As we go through 
the day-to-day motions of life and work, it's really easy to overlook the progress that we've made. But remember that the past version of you dreamed of getting to where you are now. So no matter what industry, job title, or field that you're in, be proud of how far you've come and get excited about how much farther you have to go.